Hello, it's Paul Scott here with the weekly summary for the Small Cap Valley Reports. I'm recording this slightly late on Sunday the 17th of July for the preceding week's announcements, uh, results statements and trading updates. <coughs> I actually recorded a very interesting discussion with Paul Hill of Vox Markets on Thursday that was a bit um, a bit longer, it was about an hour and a quarter. So I was going to originally think, oh, that'll do for the recording of this week. But actually, we discussed a lot of very different stocks. So I decided on, on Sunday to not be lazy and actually do a small cap summary as well. So Monday, right, Jules, J-O-U-L. Sunday Times um, put out an article saying that it had brought in debt advisory the debt advisory division of KPMG. Now, I hold jewels, unfortunately. It's been an absolute disaster. I'm down about 90% from the peak. Um, so sorry about this one. It was really uh, a duff idea because I didn't realise really the extent of, of how bad um, the company's trading was becoming. And I think it's almost certainly loss-making now. I mistakenly thought that the freehold head office would would support the share price, but it just hasn't worked out like that so far. So I think the we, we don't yet know what's exactly going on there, but I think there's a much higher risk of an emergency placing now. Um, so it's one of those shares where you think, well, you know, I'm down 90% down, do I just ride it out? So personally that's what I'm doing, but it's not a particularly large position anymore. So um, sorry about that one, I got it wrong just a badly managed company it's a shame because it's a really good brand and um uh, look i think it'll have to uh, bolster its balance sheet normally well not not i can't say normally quite often when a big accounting firm is called in to do debt advisory they've actually come in at the behest of the bank but they technically report to the company and it can be a precursor to banks withdrawing their financial support with private companies probably less so with public companies they'll just force uh, an equity fundraising at the worst possible time, which I suspect is what might be happening at, at Jules. So, uh, yeah, bit of a disaster, that one, but that happens sometimes. Next one, Hostmore, M-O-R-E. This is another stock that I hold. Uh, it's dropped a lot, but actually the company's trading reasonably well. The It's a restaurant group that owns TGI Fridays, um, and the, the, the update, the trading update, was reassuring. It was in line with expectations. Forecasts have been lowered quite a lot, so it's easy, which is the right way around, isn't it? That's what we want. Lower forecasts, and then you say you're in line. Um, I would say that the EBITDA figures uh, host more are absolute nonsense. The current forecasts only translate into three and a half million profit before tax for the year. So it's effectively trading only a little bit above break even in profit terms, but there is a fairly hefty depreciation charge um, to add on to that. So it's still cash generative. Uh, interestingly enough, they host more said it's been able to push through some price rises, which seem to me to be recouping about half of the volume decline. Um, but that's not how the FinCap, the broker, seem to read it. They seem to uh, conflate volumes and sales, which of course are different things. So I'm, I did put a call into the company's PR, but I've not had a reply. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with those small. I think obviously discretionary spending is down, but it doesn't seem to be affecting uh, all companies evenly, as as I mentioned in last week's podcast. Now, there are two standout shares for me this week. Uh, one is a growth company, one's a value share. The standout value share for me is Gleason, 
I always get the name wrong. So the ticket is GLE. Let's just quickly call that up. MJ Gleason. Now, I've hardly looked at this one before. It's a house builder in the north of England. Uh, I think this is looking very attractive. Like all house builders, it's come down. There's a question mark over cladding remediation that Leeds looking into. Um, but it's got an amazing balance sheet. I couldn't believe it when I saw the figures. The, the the debits are so much larger than the credits. There's hardly any, you know, the creditors could just be wiped out at the click of a few buttons with its own cash pile, more or less. And then it owns all its receivables and inventories outright. So um, you're, you're only paying about par with net tangible asset value at the current price. It's about £5.14. I think it's very, very cheap. Now, what I like best about Gleason is that the average selling price of these new build houses that it makes is only 167 grand. Which uh, it made the claim in the RNS that even uh, a, a working couple on national national living wage could afford to buy a brand new house. Also, another key point is that they um, they save so much on utilities because these are new builds; they're well insulated. So. Uh, a customer could potentially be saving thousands on their utility bills as soon as they move in. I thought that was a very nice selling point. So I think MJ Gleason very tempting, even if there's a downturn in the housing market where it, its products are so affordable. I don't see that, that affects them much. So and there's no bank debt to worry about. I think the house building sector generally is very interesting, and my favourite currently is MJ Gleason. Okay, Cortex. This is the uh, telematics company. Graham looked at this one, QTX. We think it's a good company, but it's still too expensive. Forward PE of 32. I don't understand why it's priced at that level. Uh, we had a profit warning from MPAC. The ticket is also MPAC, I think. This is the uh, packaging machinery company that had looked really, really good. Um, I haven't looked at this one in detail, so I'll just flag you up to Monday's um, small cap value report on stockopedia.com for subscribers who can have a look at what Graham thought. But that's obviously a big disappointment. I think a lot of people liked MPAC. I thought it looked quite promising as well, but um, supply chain problems seem to have got the better of them right now. Um, Tuesday, SDG Sanderson Design Group. Now, this is one I currently hold, a small position. Uh, being high-end interior furnishings, fabrics and so on, and wallpapers, I thought they'd really be suffering. But the AGM statement was actually pretty upbeat. Um, much more resilient, resilient than I expected. So I think that share is well worth revisiting now. I'll be crunching the numbers again. But the forward PE uh, is, 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 is in single high, mid to high single digits now. Yeah, 7.8%. Stockopedia's got it out. Dividend yield of 3.7%. Its uh, price of tangible book is only 1.5, so you've got 1.5. So you've got really good balance sheet support there as well. I really like all the brands they own. Uh, new management, Lisa Montague, not that new now, but she's she's really, really good. She's done a very convincing turnaround at Sanderson Design Group. And you can get it for about half price compared with last October, even though it's trading in line. So... I think that's very interesting at its valuation. Now, standout other share for me for this week is SoSandar, ticker SOS. Um, now, obviously, I was in on this right from the original float, which was too early. With hindsight, I should have just waited to see how it how it panned out because it was it was basically just a startup when it floated. 
well, anyway, they've they've performed tremendously well. The most recent results for year ending March 22 were just fabulous. The growth is outstanding. I think it was 143% organic revenue growth. Well, nothing else in the e-commerce fashion sector is performing like that. Um, I think something really special is going on here. It's now profitable, Sasando. It's got £6 million in cash, so there shouldn't be any more placings. The webinar was very upbeat. Management are now much, much more confident. I think this is really going places. It's a brand they're building, not remember. They, they, they design all their own products, which are designed for women who want a who want sleeves on dresses, for example, who want a fit that flatters their figure, particularly if they're middle-aged. But it's turning out that Sasandar is actually appealing to uh, a very wide audience with customers as young as, as, as their late teens and through up to their 70s. So they're really getting the product bang on, and they've been doing that consistently now for several years. It's all about the product in fashion generally, and I think Sasanda are exceptionally good, and I'm amazed that you can buy them now at 20p. So I'm absolutely itching to um, buy back. Uh, obviously, as usual, that's not a recommendation. Please do your own research. Creighton's CRL warned on profits on Tuesday. Uh, it's dropped all the way down to about 40p. Now, I really feel sorry for holders of this. Lots of my friends own the shares, and it's horrible when a widely held interesting little company just uh, just just plummets like this so real commiserations to everyone in that one um, yeah it's put out a profit warning it does um, oh, you know things like face creams and other personal care products there's obviously been a lot of price cost inflation in that sector which they mention but it also looks as if two acquisitions the company made haven't really been very good so um, it's got more problems I think um, than just the sector level uh, inflation but I haven't looked in detail on that I think Graham covered that one now Wednesday Euro I looked at Eurocell E-C-E-L uh, that was an inline update they make double glazing and um, various products for the building industry I think this is quite a nice value share it's got I think I'm right in saying a 6% yield let's just call it all up again uh, yeah, so good yields. I liked the um, balance sheet. It's on a low PE of 7.8, actually the same as Sanderson Design Group. Um, so the chart looks almost identical to Sanderson Design Group as well. Um, it's just fallen down with the market generally, but it's trading in line with expectations. Um, so, and actually looking at the broker forecast uh, graph on Stockopedia, the, the broker forecasts have been going up, not down. So I think Eurocell probably won't be buying any myself due to lack of funds, but I think for value investors, that one looks very interesting. So have a look at it. Winkworth, um, a small franchised estate agency, put out uh, a solid update on Wednesday. Uh, it's very small and illiquid, that one, but they're basically saying the housing market's fine. Um, the prior year comparators were very strong because of... Um, people rushing to meet the deadline for changes in stamp duty but overall they're happy with with trading so and estate agents remember do sorry i'm just doing something else at the same time estate agents do um, have lettings division which have proven to be very very good 
during a downturn in, in housing transactions. So I think of the various sectors I look at, I think the housing market is actually trading okay at the moment. I think estate agents are cheap, and I think house builders are cheap. Um, so those are worth looking at. So Winkworth, I wouldn't buy because it's too small and illiquid, and I don't think it's cheap enough. But people are obviously buying it for that 6.5% dividend yield. But that's only just covered by earnings, so I don't think Winkworth, Winkworth would be my choice. I'd go for Belvoir Lettings, BLV. I think that's very good. Now, Thursday, I looked at JD Weatherspoons. Who would have thought that would have ended up in a small cap reports, but, report? But it's almost there. We have an arbitrary upper limit at Stockopedia of about 700 million, but it's flexible. If an interesting company comes up, ah, I've just seen, it's just, ah, it's gone within that. It's 699.8 million market cap, coincidentally. Uh, £5.43 a share. Now, I'm actually quite worried about this. I think they put out quite a nasty profit warning that instead of a small profit, then I'm going to make about, I think, a 30 million loss. They clearly, obviously, Weatherspoons have got to raise their selling prices. You know, they're by far the cheapest pubs by design, but the costs have risen a lot. Uh, it's said in the announcement that actually a lot of their costs are fixed, so they've done well on some costs, and they've got long-term fixed-rate borrowings, which is really good. Um, so sales level has got roughly back to pre-pandemic levels most in the most recent update, but um, the of course the, the labour costs are so much higher. And um, Weatherspoons, I think, looks after its staff very well. It has very long-serving managers, general managers and and uh, 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 kitchen managers, because they look after people and they give a, a profit share to the staff. So I think it's a good business, business model, but things are clearly not working at the moment. A lot of freeholds, about two-thirds of the sites are freeholds. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean they've gone up in value, but they were last valued on the balance sheet in 1999, so there might be some surplus value there. Now, net tangible asset value isn't actually that great at Weatherspoons, so I can't rule out the idea that they might need to do another placing. They did during the pandemic. Um, also, Tim Martin, controversial chairman there, talks a lot of sense, but also aggravates people with his uh, strident views on things like Brexit, which, I don't know, I don't think a pub company should really be getting involved in politics. But anyway, he did. And um, maybe that puts off some customers, I don't know. I can't see the benefit to the business of him having been so strident over, uh, uh, strident over Brexit. But he rants and raves about the supermarkets and unfair taxation and so on. But, you know, other pub groups are doing all right. So there's something specific to J.D. Weatherspoon, I think, that's a concern here. And I think it's just too cheap. On the same day, Lounges, LGRS, uh, an expanding bar, all-day bar, restaurant, um, cafe type of format, which I think is, is probably best in class in terms of uh, it, it's, its offering, um, they're trading very well. Uh, although there was still quite a bit of government support in the in the figures they put out, but that's much more profitable uh, on a percentage basis than Weatherspoon is. So I think of the two, loungers would probably be my choice. I'm a bit worried that JD Weatherspoon's format might be getting a bit old hat. But there again, with the squeezed bottom, as I've christened it, which is the part of the uh, populate, nothing to do with um, the goings-on in Westminster, I hasten to add, but I think uh, the squeezed bottom are of the population are the people on low incomes who are probably more likely to be Weatherspoon's customers are mainly may, are feeling the pinch more than more than the middle class I think so that could be a factor so a bit of a question mark over the Weatherspoon but the long term 
performance of the business is so good, it is starting to get to a, a point where I think it's interesting. Now, uh, McBride did an update, but uh, you know they're managing to pass on some of, some of the uh, inflation increases. This is MCB. Uh, I think it's very obvious that it's financially distressed, and I think it needs to do a placing. So I wouldn't get involved in McBride and, and lessen until the balance sheet's repaired with the placing. Now, Friday, I'm afraid I took the government's advice to do as little as possible in the heatwave, a little bit too literally, and other than putting up the placeholder, I didn't do anything. So I'm very sorry about that. Um, there, there wasn't actually any, any interesting news particularly out on the day. Uh, and I just conked out anyway in the heat. So um, sorry about that. I did notice a profit warning from Fever Tree, though, so that's come down a lot. It's another sort of racy valuation stock that I think they said, didn't I read somewhere they were moaning about the cost of glass? I think that's been an issue for... So it's, it's basically cost inflation again. Yeah, it's still a billion market cap at £8.66, forward P of 22 doesn't really look much of a bargain to me, so I'm not com convinced particularly by the fever tree story. Uh, there we go, so that's that one also. Now, interesting th note from Aston Martin Lagonda, they were actually up 20-odd percent on Friday from news that the Saudis are going to back um, a placing. They're taking 20% of the company for 200 million market cap. Now, funnily enough, I've always said I wouldn't short uh, um, Aston Martin Lagonda because it's one of these sort of trophy asset companies that, you know, would attract um, investors precisely for the brand, not really for the financial performance, because it's never struck me as a viable business. If you look at the... Uh, the history of, of the company's performance. It makes amazing cars, but obviously they cost too much to make and to develop. New models, you know, you're looking at hundreds of millions to develop. <coughs> and I just don't think they sell enough of them. So I don't think Aston Martin Lagonda is a particularly viable company long term. But anyway, it's it's managed to pull off a very substantial um, fundraising. So good for them. And nice to see a British brand doing well. Uh, there was also a profit margin from CMO. This is one of the long list of disastrous overpriced floats. CMO does online um, building materials, I think, and it was around over, over, over £2 a share last summer, July, August last summer. It's now dropped from £2.5 back then to 35p. Shockingly bad, 25 million market cap. So I haven't got around to looking at that one because of my duvet day on Friday. But it's on the list of things to look at. And sorry, I still haven't looked at equals as well, EQLS. That was interesting, actually, on the Mellow Monday. That was one of the stocks that was discussed on the um, on the bash session, the buy, avoid, sell, or hold session on Mellow Monday. And it didn't get a lot of support from the shrewd investors who happened to be on the panel that day, which quite surprised me. But anyway, I will at some point look at equals. I think that's it. Uh, I've just It was just a quick whiz through, really, of what we covered last week. Overall, my feeling is, again, we're finding some great stocks at really good prices that are trading in line with good solid balance sheets. So I'm, I'm adding all these good things to a list, and uh, I'm quite excited about the opportunities right now. I don't think there's going to be a massive global recession. I really don't. I think um, I could be completely wrong on that. Nobody knows for sure. Um, I think we're in challenging economic conditions, but commodities are coming down in price now. And um, 
The Bank of England is saying that inflation should uh, start to reduce next year as well, and some companies are coping with uh, with higher inflation. So it's very interesting at the moment how how shares are really dividing into two groups, the ones that are starting to seriously struggle because of higher costs and the ones that are actually largely shrugging it all off. So um, there are still good businesses out there that are producing really good results and trading updates. So, and But they've been slashed in price by typically by half because of general market worries and nothing actually specific relating to the company to justify that fall. So this, I think, is a great stock picker's market, and I think we're nearer the bottom than the top. So it, to, my, to my mind, it's not a time to be panicking. It's a time to actually be thinking about carefully de- deploying some fresh cash, which is what I'm going to do. I've got some additional funds coming in in a month or two. And yes, I'm going to be buying. Uh, but only the things that really stand out to me, like, for example, this week, Gleason and Sassanda. So I'm being very picky over what has gone on my buy list. It's got to have a positive current trading update and good outlook. It's got to be on a, well, I like it to be on a single-digit PE if it's a not particularly fast growth company, but I'll pay more if it's growing well. Um, fundraisings are, are the key thing to avoid. You know, I made a mistake on jewels, I think. I think that'll have to raise funds. So, yeah, you can't get everyone right, can you? And at the moment, I'm <laughs> getting mostly, mostly things wrong. But that doesn't mean that you just write them off. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, do you? I think at current valuations, with good trading updates, there are some nice buying opportunities. And people who are bold and buy when everyone else is terrified tend to get the multi-baggers, I think. All right, then. I think it's no good just hoping for the best and buying for something that hasn't issued a trading update for a few months and just hoping that everything's going to be fine. That, to me, is quite a risky strategy. So I've really been quite brutal with my portfolio, just cutting things back. You know, it's not binary. I don't necessarily have to sell everything. But if I'm not sure about how they're trading, um, I think to myself, well... Maybe I should just trim the position size, sell half or something, and then wait and see what happens, or or sell or sell them completely if sector peers are issuing profit warnings, whatever. But I I, I do think you know now that stuff is down sixty, seventy, eighty percent. On a lot of these things with good balance sheets, there's probably more upside than downside. But time will tell, won't it? As always. <clears throat> and obviously there are big unknowns, you know, the gas supply to, to, to Europe over winter could be cut. I mean, that's a, the thing that probably worries me most. And, well, escalation in the U- Ukraine conflict generally is is the biggest worry right right now, isn't it? So, um, but that's why shares are so cheap. Anyway, look, that's probably enough for now. Um, I'll get this published and see you next time, uh, this time next week. Bye for now. <laughs>